0: This is Billy Liggett, Director of News and Publications at Campbell University, and this rhymes with orange.
1: We should start
0: with really dramatic
1: theme music. It's not dramatic. Well, it's. It was a little money Python. Thematic, I didn't yeah. really mean to do that. It just kind of came
0: out. It's been a year since we did this Yikes. podcast. And part of it is our fault. Well, I'd say all of it is Most our of fault. It. Is our fault. But the reason being is... is uh.
1: We got Zoomed out.
0: We did get Zoomed out. We, When COVID hit last spring, the previous spring, we still did about 12 episodes yeah. all through Zoom. They were fun. Um, Yeah. I think we were also still working from the office then, is when we started having to work from home, mm-hmm. and you would say, well, you can still do Zoom interviews, but yeah, then you're still having to get people to yeah. be on your podcast, and, and usually the best way we found guests was by being on campus, and that's uh, also the case with today's guests. Mm-hmm. We've got um, Lieutenant Commander Nicole Winget, um, who's a uh, professor of Homeland Security here, and just does a ton of other stuff. Um,
1: Long as man, Yeah,
0: I have her bio here, so I'm going to actually read it right now. She's the Assistant Dean for Student Life and Support for Adult and Online Education and is the Fort Bragg and Pope Campus Site Supervisor for Campbell University. Uh, like I said, she does teach Homeland Security and criminal justice here at Campbell. She joined Campbell in 2015, has been a member of the U.S. Navy for 20 years, serving tours in Kuwait and Afghanistan as an enlisted information technology specialist. So she talks today about um, not only the veterans programs here, but uh, she talks about 9/11 and uh, you know she's been in the Navy for 20 years she joined because of 9/11 and then we also have retired Staff Sergeant Josh Seymour he is uh, he he told me beforehand everything he's done for the US Army and I tried to keep up as I typed it and I couldn't so all I got out of it was that uh, he was eventually reassigned to Fort Bragg he has um, he's been deployed uh, he's currently um, a undergraduate cyber undergraduate cybersecurity student. That's really hard to say. Mm -hmm. And he's in his third semester right now. So the two of them um, are joining us today. They talk about um, how September 11th changed their lives. And um, he joined in 2003, but it was still a um, a direct result of how he felt on September 11th. And um, I also ask them both about uh, their thoughts on Afghanistan. And then we spend the second half of the interview talking about... um, Campbell University Student Veterans Group and uh, what they do for veterans here on campus. So um, anytime we can promote the military here, um, we like doing that because uh, Campbell University has a very important relationship with uh, the military here. So that's who our guests are today. Uh, Before we do that, though, uh, it is four days after September 11th, and I was joking with you last week that uh, you were five. Six? six. Six years old give me the one year I'll give you the six, one year
1: six uh, six i can write my name five i can half write my name
0: <laughs> our incoming students freshmen and sophomores um were not born yet mm. on september 11th and that's really that's wild wild yeah you at least can remember it so i'm I can gonna ask things like what a six-year-old remembers about that
1: i can remember things just things that were different about walking into places like post offices and uh buildings in new york were different just i i have in my head like very vague time before security got uh, ramped up and i think that's the biggest difference but i do remember that week i remember watching it on tv my teacher told us it was a movie which ethically questionable but probably the right decision at the time
0: it was a panic Uh, move on the (laughs) panic
1: move but obviously we were panicked and i remember having to ask my mom my mom having to formulate some response in the car because i I would not let it go. Why are the flags half down? I had no idea. It seemed so wrong. It looked so weird. And I was very upset about it. And Just she's leave trying us alone, to explain leave us alone. this <laughs> huge situation to her six-year-old. So, uh, yeah, the memories are vague, but they're there. And I think the the emphasis that was placed on it um, in classes since then is probably a little different between me and, and someone born 10 years after me. So,
0: I asked my kids what they knew about it. And they knew surprisingly more than I thought they would. Hmm. Uh they have learned about it through through their history classes, I guess. It's good. So I sat them down and we watched a HBO special called huh. What Happened on September eleventh. It was the one thing we could find that was just built, what happened. It was billed as kid friendly. That's cool. Because my wife and I watched the National Geographic special as well. Um that one's rough. Which is rough. It's outstanding. It is so well done. Mm-hmm. And we've only gotten through a couple episodes of it um so well done but the part where yeah <laughs> yeah where the firemen are in the lobby and you know you know it's they're gonna dead they're going to yeah. die and then you they start hearing the bodies jump you know that yeah it's we were wondering heading into it can we show our kids something like this and no that's that's not something our our kids can see until yeah. they're old enough to to decide to, to see, decide it to see yeah. that but what this HBO special did was um it uh it dealt with kids and it um it answered kids' questions and kids' questions about it and asked them what do they know and um and then it explained it in a very gentle manner i guess and it did. but still still my kids were surprised that that this you know my they had a lot of questions why would somebody do this yeah um you know uh
1: the big one at the time for me was why would someone do this knowing that they were going down too and just Exploring that kind of yeah, my my son Drew, life.
0: my son Drew asked that. Yeah, um, that was
1: new because you haven't gotten to World War Two in school, so you don't know about things like kamikaze, and you don't know about like ancient warriors and their their right. philosophy on life, and it's really eye opening.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I, I'm I'm happy that they're curious about it, and I'm I I feel like it's an experience that I have, even though my september 11th experience doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things i was just like everybody else watching it on a tv you know but i was scared just like everybody else and so i got to tell that to my kids yeah that's like uh, a
1: big piece of history that you actually
0: yeah so like my mom um was living in dallas texas when president kennedy was assassinated Hmm. so she has a very unique yeah perspective on it um she wasn't there you know <laughs> she was in school but she was around she was in school yeah. 5 minutes away from it and uh and she lived not only through that but then what Dallas became after that which was this mm. you know it was it was a dark place because that's where the president was so it's a unique experience and um and I got to interview somebody this week who uh whose best friend growing up was one of the firemen who who died huh. and uh you know so learning those stories. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a shared experience. Um, whether you were six, whether you were my age, whether you were older, uh, it's a shared experience we all have. And this current group of students, um, it's history to them. And so I just find that interesting and, uh, and hopefully they can listen to this. And, um, I think both, uh, Nicole and Josh talk about, um, their feelings afterward and, Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's important to hear. So anyway, it's good to be back. Welcome back, Kate. I hope we can keep doing this throughout the semester. Um, we enjoy doing this podcast and, uh, we thank you for listening.
1: (laughs) Pen drop. Pen drop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're talking to both of you, uh, We're recording this on September the 15th, just four days after uh, the country commemorated the 20th anniversary of the attacks on September 11th. Um, Many of us have shared on social media um, this past week where we were when the attacks happened, Um, but these events had a very big impact on your lives as military personnel. Um, And uh, so I'm going to start with uh, Lieutenant Commander Nicole Winget and... You served in the Middle East, and um, you joined the military 20 years ago. So my first question to you is, was it before or after September 11th? uh, And if it was after, was it directly related to what you saw on that day?
2: I always had a grand plan that I was going to join the military, but my original plan was to uh, finish my bachelor's degree and then join in the JAG Corps. Um, 9-11 happened while I was a junior in college, um, so I made the decision to enlist shortly after um, 9-11 as an enlisted man. Um, I actually joined as an IT specialist in the Navy um, and did seven years of that. So um, it was, I always had a plan to join the military, but 9-11 definitely changed that plan um, and got me in quicker and in a different route, which turned out good, but definitely different
0: was it, you said it got you in quicker. What, uh, what was your mindset? Well, I've, I've talked to a few people who, you know, said they dropped everything and, and uh, signed up the next day. Was it uh, a similar experience for you?
2: Close to it. Um, the Navy got overwhelmed very quickly with people having that same mentality. So while I was in a recruiter's office within a couple of weeks, I didn't actually go to basic training for a few months. Um, So I had some time to really think it through um, and um, I'm glad I did it. It was, it was a good path, but it definitely uh, was a
1: quick one.
0: Right. A similar question for uh, staff Sergeant, Josh Seymour, retired staff Sergeant, Josh Seymour. Um, You joined the army in 2003. Uh, What, what role did September 11th have in your decision to join the military?
3: ultimately it had a huge, huge, impact on me. Um, I actually, uh, me and my wife were sitting in Macon, Georgia. Uh, we were at a doctor's appointment, uh, for our twins that we were soon to have. Uh, we didn't know anything that was going on. Uh, one of the nurses came around the corner and was crying and asked if we knew what was going on. I, I heard that, uh, some Chinooks had gone down uh, overseas or whatnot and some soldiers had gotten hurt, but I didn't know anything of, of what exactly happened. And then they turned the TV on right as the second plane hit the trade centers and, I honestly lost it.
0: About how old were you at the well, time? You uh, said you and I your was, wife.
3: Yeah, I, I was uh, 2003. I was 20, 22, fixing to be 23. Um, okay. but it, it, it hit me pretty hard. And uh, I was also thinking about safety of, of my wife and kids because, I mean, there's planes going down here left and right. And I'm on the 12th floor of a, a major hospital in a major city. Uh, so yeah. it, it, it hit me pretty hard. I, I got, got, got us in there, got the appointment taken care of, <laughs> got down as fast as possible and got home. Uh, but from then on, that's when I started inquiring about uh, what I should do or what, what can I do to, to possibly help. Uh, I reached out to a few folks. I come from a, a long lineage uh, of military uh, men within my family. Uh, my dad dad's stepdad were Marines. Uh, my grandfather was a retired Air Force. My, my uncle was retired Army. Uh, so I reached out to my uncle uh, mainly and discussed with him what I should do and, and the right path to take. So uh, he, he informed me to find something that uh, was going to benefit me on the outside as well. Uh, so I decided to go into communications uh, and I literally had my recruiter drove me down to Jacksonville uh, to MEPS. Uh, I wasn't offered what I wanted to be offered. Uh, I, I was about to walk out the door and then turn around and they offered me what I wanted. And that was an One Ranger contract and came back and, I delayed entry for about two months. Uh, so I didn't, uh, I, that was in August. I didn't actually ship out for basic until October.
0: Your, your mind first thinks, well, what can I do to make a difference? What can I do to respond? Um, everybody has different re- responses to that. Um, that was your decision was, was going to the military. What was it about the military that made you feel like, um, that this was the right choice for you, I guess.
3: Well, me personally, um, I wanted to be able to do something to defend those that couldn't defend themselves, not only within our country, but overseas as well, because this wasn't just affecting us. This was affecting others within their country, within Iraq, within Afghanistan. Um, And the majority of them couldn't do anything about it. They just either had to submit or honestly die. And that, that was a, that was a a big, honestly, it was was bad juju for me. So I, I wanted to be somewhere where I could actually have an impact that I guess I mean speaks volumes instead of just hey well I I did this to help out I literally stepped across the sea stepped across the pond over there to fix a problem that was that was currently happening.
2: You know I've never thought through this question and it is a great question. Um, I'm trying to rack my brain. It just seemed like the obvious choice. I wanted to make a difference. Um, I wanted you know I didn't have. I'm a little bit of a nerd. I'm really good with computers. I'm um, I, I didn't. i I'm not a science person, so I didn't think I could help out medically at all. So it just seemed like, okay, I have a skill set that can be applied. The military seems like an obvious way to use that skill set to make a difference in um, this crazy time. Um, I, to Joshua's point, um, I remember reading about the treatment of women in Afghanistan and that layered another um, kind of desire to do something on top of what happened on 9-11. It, it seemed, okay, I'm going to have to go overseas to make a difference. The military is the way to make that happen.
0: You're also a, uh, an instructor professor of uh, Homeland Security here at Campbell. And um, I've talked to Professor uh, Amanda Sharp Parker in the past, and she said Homeland Security as we know it today was born on September 11th, 2001. So, how prominent is the is this day in history in in what you teach?
2: Absolutely, very prominent. Um, so, I teach our intelligence track in homeland security, and then um, our briefing for government professionals class. And um, really, the concept of homeland didn't exist um, even twenty one years ago. It's a very new entity to to the U.S. government. Um, so, monumental. In, it didn't exist before, you know, uh, all of this happened. So um, my experience, I try to bring into every class I teach. Um, I, I always believe, particularly in my field, that uh, the more hands-on experience you have, the better you can communicate it to your students, um, particularly in intelligence. Um, it's just nice to have that hands-on. So um, absolutely obvious Dr. Parker hit it on the head it didn't exist before 9-11 so it has definitely changed uh, higher higher ed as well
1: how has it changed being a teacher in this field as your students have gone from remembering that day vividly to people like me who maybe got a a childlike perspective and now younger generations who everything they know it's it's, yeah your freshmen this year weren't even born
0: yet yeah
2: yeah I drill weekend this weekend, I have three sailors who were not born when 9-11 happened. They could be called to go back to the Middle East today, and they weren't alive. It's it's mind-blowing a little bit, and I can see Josh nodding his head. Um, What I have had to do as a teacher is remember that people don't remember and give context um, to it, Um, so almost have to layer in some history into what I teach, which even I would say five years ago, I really didn't even think about doing that. So it's an excellent point. We have to remember as professors that uh, we're dealing with generations that weren't, don't remember, or weren't even born when, when 9-11 happened. So we have to give that context um, to our, our students.
0: Do you feel like, they've do you feel like the way they were taught it over the last 20 years has been, um, has been effective? Like, do you feel like they come in knowing you know, what happened that day, not just, you know, not just from the history books, but that maybe they have an understanding of, of uh, how it led us to where we are today.
2: I think the majority of them do. There's always exceptions, but yes, sure. I think most of them do. Um, I, I think probably because their parents lived it and probably they grew up remembering it, you know, having some form of remembrance or moment of, of uh, reflection every year. I'll be interested to see how that changes in, in over the next five to 10 years when the there aren't that it there aren't those ties there. Um, and we're very lucky at Campbell in that we have a really awesome mix of veteran students as well that can bring these conversations to life beyond just my experience. You know, I, I have a number of veteran students in my classes that helped me teach that part of it and give the context outside of the, the you know, memorials you see on TV and and people talking about it.
3: Uh, just to um, caveat that, uh, I've, I've had to step in a couple of times with uh, Dr. Parker's classes. Uh, I mean, no, nothing against Dr. Parker. I love Dr. Parker. I think she's great. Um, and, but the majority of everything that she's teaching right now is more research-based. It's more of what what has happened and to be able to be in a position where I've seen what's currently happening and currently going on um, from even my military, even through what, what I'm doing today, I'm a government contractor right now, um, and, but just being able to bring that to class, like Nicole was saying, it, it helps to teach the class. It helps them to understand because mo- most of the, I mean, your basic learning starts at home. So like uh, the caveat of what you were saying, yes, I do feel that the, the parents that, that live through this um, should have communicated it enough to their, their, their kids so when they get to a position where they're coming in and they're actually learning about it from history, they've got a better, more of a con, more context to it than just, hey, well, this happened and I'm reading this from a book. Um, so from my perspective, being able to have the, the real-world experience behind me has made my classes so much, I'd say, so much easier because I've understood exactly what's going on and how it's affecting current, uh, current curriculum.
0: You bring up experience. Um, this this month also, you know, uh, brings about the end of our involvement in Afghanistan. And uh, uh, just like with September 11th, um, everybody has an opinion on what's going on right now. And I've always had the mindset that when it comes to something like this, the only opinions that, um, that I'm going to listen to are those who experienced it and those who um, – you know, whose lives were were really changed by by it. Um, you know, I not to get extremely political or or into the into the weeds here, but uh, what what are your thoughts as as you see um, us pulling out of Afghanistan? A lot of people felt like we didn't do it the correct way. Um, regardless of your opinions on that, it is coming to an end. And uh, how are the two of you feeling?
2: I. I... Josh, I don't know if you experienced this, but I had feelings about it that I never expected to have. Like the fact that there were feelings was weird.
0: <laughs>
2: <Go ahead. laughs> um, uh, and I agree. Um, again, not to be political, but it, it has been a mess and it's been a mess for a long time. Um, and I would say my strongest feeling, um, it, it has to be heartbroken um, because um love exactly what josh was has been saying that there's people that we worked with over there there's women that we had had done things to help and now it feels like why um, what did we really do in, in 20 years um, and i know that's that's oversimplifying it a lot has happened over the last 20 years um, but heartbreak's the biggest feeling layered on top of the fact that i had feelings i mean i spent I been a good chunk of my life over there. And, and I've got a lot of memories. I did not expect the emotions that came along with watching all of this happen. Um, Josh, I don't know if you had similar experiences.
3: Uh, I definitely agree. Uh, there was a lot a lot more there than I thought was actually going to be there. Um, my, my, and I hated to turn to my, my, my first uh, feeling, but it was anger. Because uh, I had done so much and been there for so long and, and tried to help as much as I could possibly help. And then to, to see it fall so quickly. Uh, I know there's uh, I know there's patches of resistance out there that they're doing things daily, and I I get that. But uh, honestly, it it, there's not enough uh, compared to what what's over there and 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 those within the world that are that are participating with with those that we fought against. Uh, Because you got countries biting, I mean literally biting at the heels to to get the stuff that was left over there. And that that was that was a, a huge thing that uh, really upset me was the fact that, that so much had gotten left over that we put so much into that country and then just up and left. We didn't it wasn't not going political, but it was not done properly. If it was done properly, we we would be in this a similar situation, but it wouldn't be as bad as most of us thought it would be.
0: I think regardless of your political siding, I think most people agree. It wasn't done the right way, so, so I, I don't think it's too political to, to say that. And again, um, because the two of you have experienced it, I know it's it's a tough experience for both of you. Um, I think your opinions really matter on that, and that's why I wanted to ask it, um, which kind of does lead us into um, the one of the big reasons why um, we're talking to you today, and that's uh, you're, you're able to talk about these feelings and these subjects um, because you're part of a strong Uh, Campbell University student veterans group here on campus. And um, uh, I know that you you guys have a strong group. And um, so I want to ask about it. And I want to ask about both your involvement and what you do for veterans, but talk a little bit about um, Campbell University student veterans.
2: Well, um, Joy Cox, the Campbell Director of Veterans Affairs and her team are rock stars. Um, They are the the foundation of what makes um, our veteran experience at Campbell University so awesome. Um, So I have to sing their praises. Joy and Amanda are awesome and I'm very proud of the work they do. Um, And they have recruited a great group of students um, to to fill out the the student organization side of uh, the Student Veterans Association and If I may take a moment, I also want to discuss the, the fact that um, student veterans goes much bigger than just the veteran part of what we do with the military at Campbell. Um, I, uh, we have campuses at both Fort Bragg and Camp Lejeune and then our online campus, not to mention our gigantic ROTC program. So Veterans is one part of what we do with the military, but we also have a ton of active duty, family members, spouses, Um, That I'm very proud Campbell serves. um, And I'm very uh, grateful to the Students Veterans Association for folding all of those categories, so to speak, into uh, the Campbell family and making them feel part of the Student Veterans um, Club. Uh, One of our recent events, Friday night, we got together and did an honorary stair climb over at um, the stadium um, to simulate the 110 floors of the World Trade Center. and, And several of the SBA showed up. The Bowie's Creek Fire Department showed up, so big kudos to them. And then at the end, uh, Gladys and uh, Gaylord came out and took photos with us. So um, we've got a great group and, and I'm very proud of what they do. And Josh, you can speak more from the student's perspective as to what the organization does.
3: Uh, from, from a student's perspective of this, uh, I. Honestly, I should be more involved in, in a lot more that goes on. But with, with my schedule, I'm in class from nine to two. And then from, from two to, to whenever I get done with work, uh, I'm at work. Uh, but talking to talking to the the, the VA uh, center here on, on, on Campbell, like, like Nicole was saying, Joy, Joy is awesome. Uh, any question I've ever had uh, from day one all the way up through now, uh, she, she's been able to jump right on and, and find me an answer and, and get me pointed in the right direction. I also have a... Uh, 23-year-old daughter who is part of uh, Campbell. She's in the BSN program, and she's using my GI Bill. So anytime that we have any questions on anything that's going on with the GI Bill, poof, I just shoot it over to a Joy. Joy shoots me back a quick answer. Hey, this is where you need to look. Um, their involvement in making the, the, the ease of access as well as uh, the ease into or out of one career field into, into school was tremendous. Uh, I, I can... I could probably go on for the next hour talking about it. it, it, it there's, nothing, there's nothing that I have not been able to bring to them that they have not been able to fix for me. Um, I know I, I, I'm the type of person that I will find an answer, uh, but if I get stumped and I, and I have no other way of turn, or nowhere else to turn, I turn to them, and they're able to figure out what I need.
0: I think a lot of people don't realize when they hear that we have an ROTC program here, they uh-huh. think of it as um, college freshmen coming in who may one day you know, become a second lieutenant. They don't realize that um, our, our program here is full of people who have already served in the military, who have already, um, you know, been on active duty in the Middle East and who have who have lived through a lot of this and have come back to further their education. But then people like yourself, Josh, you become whether you like it or not, you become mentors to a lot of those 18 and 19 year olds Uh and do you find that that's that's a role that you've you've uh, had uh, taken on since you've been here? I, I, I do
3: feel that's a, a pretty accurate comment. Um, yeah, I, I didn't immediately intend for that to happen, um, but just just being on campus and seeing them in, in uniform, uh, it, it just it, it sparks conversation because uh, I, w- I want to know what their interests are. I want to know where they're headed with it, with their their schooling. If they're going to stick stick it out, if they're going to make it a career. If, I mean, wh- whatever I can do to help them get to where they need to be, um, I, I've got to. I got one student that I was talking to yesterday. He uh, He's in the reserves, and he, he's trying to transfer over to National Guard because National Guard has the MOS that he wants. Um, and he, he's having the honestly, he had the, the, the right uh, Tom Tillis just to, to get a release in order to to get over to the National Guard. And uh, I helped him find, find his way through that. I mean, being, being a mentor, uh, coming up in, in the, the organizations that I, that I came up in, uh, I, I was taught early on to learn everything you can, um, always, always constantly learn something. So learning that something and then help teaching it to the next person, even though it, it might be your, your, your counterpart, your, your peer, it could be even an NCO that uh, you're training because he doesn't understand it or something. Um, you, you take on that role as a mentor. Um, all of my junior enlisted guys that I ever talk to. I, I wanted to mentor them. I wanted to lead them to be better people. Um, and the, the biggest things I could tell them is, is, one, get your education, That first and foremost, especially while you're in, because the military will pay for it. Get your education. Learn something new all the time and network with as many people as possible. The, the chances that you'll run into them again are huge. The chances that you'll need to reach out to them for help is even bigger. And I found that over my entire career, as well as my my, my stay at my stint here at Campbell. I'm talking with just students. I've been able to reach out to, to students that, that know things better than I do and be able to help, help me with issues or help me with whatever, whatever class I'm taking. Uh, Cause I mean, I, I don't know it all. And I, I, I don't claim to know it all. I, I would like to know a lot more. Uh, and that, that's honestly my, my goal is to always constantly learn something.
1: That's awesome. And I think that's, that explains a lot about why Campbell does consistently get that, most military friendly school or best military friendly school. And I don't know, just speaking from personal experience with, with friends in the military around this area, I think getting in is is one big decision. Am I going to do this? Yes. And then getting out can be really hard. And uh, just a really yes. tough choice. When do I get out? How do I do it? That's going to make me feel some sense of closure, but also set me up well for the future. And knowing that you both have had such life-changing experiences in the military, is there any advice that that you give people who are considering, okay, what do I do next and and using Campbell as a route for what they're going to do next?
2: So I take it from, from an academic standpoint and, and I deal uh, on my day-to-day job, I deal with active duty, mainly soldiers, but also some Marine Corps as well, who I, I have this conversation a million times a week. I want the fastest degree. And my response to them is always, I want you to look past the military. Okay. So yes, you need a degree right now to get points to promote, but what degree are you going to enjoy? Are you going to excel at and is going to set you up for after military life? And I jokingly asked them what they want to do when they grow up. And I mean that with affection, Mm because I'm still figuring it out. I've changed, you know, my career several times. And Mm -hmm. I I asked them to think past the military, um, what can Campbell do for you, not only to help you promote in the military, but set you up for after the military, you know, your average soldier that enlists right out of high school, even if they do 20 years, they're getting out at, at 41, 42 years old. That's, you've got a whole other career ahead of you. What are you doing to get ready for that as well? Um, so that's that's my approach with most of my students is I want you to enjoy your time at Campbell. I want you to earn a degree that has the Campbell name and reputation behind it so that when you take the next step in your life, you're ready to go.
0: Well, I want to thank you both for for uh coming on and talking about um uh Campbell University student veterans, talking about your 9-11 experiences and talking about the past 20 years. Um like I said, uh, we've done several stories on, on the military um, relationship Campbell University has, and, and it's a big part of what Campbell, Campbell University is. So we, we enjoy talking about these things. I'm going to end on a very lighter note, Josh, you, uh, you came to this interview wearing a Star Wars hat, which yes. is big, big bonus points for me. So <laughs> final question uh, of the nine, of the nine films, and you can throw in uh, Rogue One in there and solo and uh, you know, uh, what's your favorite?
3: Uh I'm gonna have to say return of the Jedi. Okay. All,
0: all right.
3: right. That, that that was a bit that was a big plus growing up as a kid. Uh I, I love the movie. And actually, with these hats, uh, it was right before we went up to Raleigh right before uh the Disney store shut down. And we were, it was right before we went to went on our Disney trip, uh our Disney vacation with my kids. Uh, all my kids are college age. Uh so we when we get into something, we get into something wholeheartedly. Uh so okay. I saw the hat, I uh, got one from me and my son, and then actually the pen, if you can see it, is it's a Disney, Disney key. key.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna have you back on was. the. I'm gonna have you back on the podcast, and we can just talk okay. about Disney vacations because my okay. family goes every year too. So uh, we, we,
3: we try to go every so year. Uh, we've been I have the, a more important question.
2: Now. If you're introducing someone to Star Wars for the first time, what order do you watch the movies in?
0: Mm. So I've had to do that with my kids. Um, mm-hmm. My yes. kids, uh, um, you know, I was I wasn't a huge prequels fan. I enjoyed them. I stayed in line overnight for all of them and you know enjoyed them. But uh um but I introduced them I went uh four, five, six and then one, two, three. Yes. And Because yeah, yes. I think it, that is right and you, proper. Thank you. The first thing you have <laughs> to do the first thing you have to do is show them why Star Wars is important. And yep. you can't start with the Phantom Menace if you're gonna do that. No uh, they enjoyed <laughs> no, it, but but you have, to, you have to show them, they have to be surprised by Darth Vader, they have to, they, all that has to happen. And then you say, okay, well now here's, tells the story of how all that happened. And then the, the last only three yelling
2: are, match we have had in my household <laughs> was over how we introduced Star Wars to a child. And, and uh, <laughs> I agree with you guys, so well done. <laughs> good,
0: good. And, and the last three were a mixed bag, but, but what I really enjoyed about them was, I got to take my kids to them. And uh, my nice. kids are, are 11. Uh, not 10 11 10 and 7 right now and so they got to grow up with them just like i did so it was cool yeah so we well, very cool very cool this uh, I, i'm gonna end all future podcasts with star wars questions now very wholesome. I can get on board. Thank, thank you, you
2: both. all very much yeah, um thank you this both. whole last week has been really important to me and seeing the investment that you guys are putting in is is uh, very much appreciated um as i mentioned it's not lip service i'm very proud of what you do at campbell um and this is a perfect example of, of what i'm proud of so thank you all very much for helping me with this and uh, getting it done
3: all right thank you yes, both it was definitely a pleasure
2: nice to meet you both nice to nice meet, to meet you have a great day everybody